this show is to get to the heart of well-being through inspirational stories of everyday people, expert insights from a number of health and lifestyle related disciplines, and exploration of topics that underpin well-being. If you want to take control of your well-being and put yourself front and center in your life, then this is the podcast for you. I want you to feel calm, nurtured and inspired so you can enjoy your life and your success. If you have not yet done so, please subscribe, rate and review on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you know someone else that would get value from the show as well, please share it with them. Join me on this journey and let's live the fab life together. Hello and welcome. Today, my expert guest is Dr. Sandra Dalton-Snip. Welcome to you, Dr. Sandra. Hi, thanks for having me. So let's kick off with learning a little bit more about you and what it is that you do. Yes, I'm an internal medicine physician. I've been practicing medicine for about 20 years now. I also write and speak. I live near the Birmingham, Alabama area with my two teen boys and husband. You have a well-being journey to share with us today. And I know that a lot of our expert guests do because that's what makes them so passionate about what they do in their work. And I was wondering, would you be willing to share some of your story? Sure. Well, most of my research now and my writing is based around my own personal burnout journey. Um, About, well, probably about 10 years ago now is when I initially went through that phase of burnout where I got to a point in my professional career where I was busy doing a lot of work. I was, I looked very successful from the outside because of the accolades and the work and all of those things that were going on. But I didn't enjoy the work that I was doing. I wasn't happy with kind of just my own personal life. I got to that point where it was all about the work and there was no time to rest and to recover and to really even enjoy the work that I was doing. And so it was during that time that I started to look at what does it mean to rest? I was tired all the time. And, you know, I was going to bed at night trying to see if maybe I just wasn't getting enough sleep. So I was trying to get the eight to nine hours, would wake up the next morning still exhausted. And that's when it really started to dawn on me that maybe rest isn't just sleep. Maybe they're not synonymous with each other. Maybe there's something else that I'm missing. And that's what led into kind of the deeper research about the seven types of rest and getting an understanding about what they look like how to apply them in the middle of a busy workday. Because I think many of us, you know, when we think about, okay, now I know I need rest. When am I going to find time for that vacation to get away to go to Hawaii? You know, we can't always be doing that as our only form of rest because then we're only resting, you know, two weeks out of a couple of weeks out of the year. We have to be able to make it something we can do on a regular basis. And I think that's where really the, the journey for me got real. How do we live a restful life in the middle of the busyness that is our lives? That's so true, because I think for a lot of us as women, we almost feel like we need permission to mm-hmm. rest. And you, like you say, I have heard that so many times in my own practice. I don't have time to do this. And some people will make the word rest synonymous with laziness. So why do you think that we hold that type of belief and mindset? Well, I think it's cultural for a big part. I think many of us have kind of adapted to our cultural thought process that work is the only thing that's valuable. And if when you start looking as work as the only thing that holds any value, then the rest starts looking like it's taking you away from the work. So the mindset shift that has to happen there 
is that the rest helps you do higher quality work. If you, you know, you can grind out work in the middle of your exhaustion, but it's not your best work. To do your best work requires that you rest. Now we're talking. <laughs> that's, my, <laughs> that's my jam around rest is that, yes, you can do that. And I think there's a difference here between thriving and surviving. Mm -hmm. you know, so that you've got this real dichotomy where people sort of see it really black, black and white and that rest doesn't impact our lives. But when we get it right, what are some of the real benefits of having enough rest and the right type of rest on our businesses, our homes, our lives, whatever, whatever that means? Yes. Well, I think that the very first thing is just our own mental capacity. I think, you know, for so many of us, we stay kind of stressed out and anxious and on edge because we're not resting our mind and our emotions and our social aspects of our lives. So being able to rest in those areas, you start having more mental clarity. You stop forgetting things at 40 um, and thinking that you have early dementia because you're able to concentrate again and to have that mental clarity. You uh, um, start having uh, the ability to have deeper relationships because you're not always feeling agitated because of the extra stress on your life. You know, in the areas of work, when people start thinking about their need for creative rest, then if you're an entrepreneur, or small business owner even, and you're having to stay on top of your game, think about marketing and ways of being innovative, that requires creativity. And so you can burn out your creativity. You need that creative rest to be able to be re-inspired and to have those passions awakened again, to be able to get those innovative thoughts that you know come up in the middle of the night. You're not going to get that if you're always going to bed exhausted and you don't allow any time in your day to be inspired and to have that part of you awakened again. Wow, yes. I think this is the nuggets because if you think of it from an entrepreneur, a small business owner, often you are your business. Mm -hmm. And so you are your brand really. And so if you're showing up as your tired, agitated, exhausted self all the time, it's not going to be attractive energetically to, to other people. So I guess, can you share, you mentioned seven types of rest. So can you share about those and how, it sort of shows up when those are lacking. Yes, well, I'll name the seven and then we can kind of go through them mm. as you'd like. The three that most people are familiar with, to some degree at least, are the physical, mental, and spiritual. And then the four that are less known but just as needed are the emotional, social, sensory, and creative. And so, you know, the one that most people are extremely familiar with is the physical because we think about sleep. Well, even with the physical, you know, sleep is just a, one of the types. It's a type of passive physical rest, sleeping and napping, but there's also active physical rest. So you, your body also needs to have your muscles to be able to relax, to have your circulatory system actively functioning well, to have your lymphatic system functioning well. So when you think about physical rest, you can also think about things like, um, let's say leisure walking. So you're not like exercise walking, but you're walking just to restore circulation and lymphatic function or massage, having a massage to relieve tense muscle or stretching. All of those are types of physical rest that don't require you to be asleep. You actually won't get them if you're asleep. You can go to sleep with tight muscles. 
wake up with tight muscles, you have to do this extra component to get that type of physical rest. So that was the physical side. And then you mentioned, obviously, the mentals. Yes, and mental rest has to do with allowing your mind to get to a quiet place. So many people know when they aren't experiencing mental rest because they have a hard time clearing their thoughts. They lay down at night and they're, you know, thinking about all the things on their to-do list that they have to do. And so they can't get their mind to kind of shut up and get to that quiet place. Well, mental rest is relearning how to do that. So that could include for some people, if you try to go to sleep at night and you have all of these thoughts that are coming up, you're brainstorming right before you go to bed, one of the easiest things to do is what we call brain dumping. So before you try to go to sleep, you take a notepad or a journal or really a post-it note, anything that you can write down those thoughts on so that they're not just kind of floating around in your head space, but they're on something concrete so that your brain then feels as if it can let it go. It's not trying to hold on to that thought so that you don't forget it. It's released onto that piece of paper. So now it's safe for you to stop thinking about it. Yeah, uh, what I encourage my clients to do is do a work closing ritual at the end of their working day where they do exactly that. Dump all the things down and actually know what their very first step is of the three most important things to do tomorrow. Because that, like you say, it sort of creates that space and rest for the mind to not actually hold on to those things. Absolutely. And I think that helps keep people from feeling as if they can't get their mind to quiet or to, or to get to that quiet, still space. Um, for people who, even after doing that, still have trouble because their thoughts seem to just keep jumping and jumping, sometimes it's helpful to have a focus word whether it's something that's comforting to you or empowering to you, a concept that you can think about, whether that's love or peace, and just focusing on that one word so that your thoughts aren't just scattered and kind of all over the place, that you're keeping them quieted on one single thought. Yeah, that's true, because there's one of the guided meditations that I use where she says, you know, embrace a word that you want to feel. So it's just thinking about the word and your breath that you actually, none of those thoughts that were there before sort of have space. So that's a really great idea. <laughs> and you mentioned also creative rest. So what do you mean by that? Well, I think it's easier to, to describe creative rest by giving an example, because I think most people have experienced it to some degree. Um, if you're someone who, when you go to bodies of water or the beach or, the, or anything like that, and when you're around these bodies of water, you automatically just feel restored and revived and you feel better. Some people feel that in the mountains. Others feel that outside just looking at flowers. Um, with creative rest, what it is, is the rest that we receive when we allow ourselves to be filled up by beauty and allow something to be awakened inside of us by giving beauty room to, to restore us. So that could be natural beauty, like the elements and, uh, you know, like nature, or it could be man-made beauty, like watching someone dance or listening to an opera or you know, just watching a play. There's so many different ways that we can be inspired. Going to a museum. Everybody has different ways that beauty can awaken and, and build creativity inside of them. But I think the thing that many people miss is the need for that. So if you're a business owner and you're thinking, well, I'm not an artist and I'm not an author, so I don't really need that creative rest to, be, uh, to have my creativity kind of stoked. 
you're going to miss out on being as creative as you can be because it takes creativity to brand well. It takes creativity to stay on the top of your game. It takes creativity to market well. And so you have to be able to think, what are the ways that I use creativity in my day-to-day -day job? And then what are ways that I can be poured back into so that that part of me stays fresh and revived? We obviously we've only covered three, but there, there were four others. So just name them again and t tell me which of those you see that are, are missing in a lot of um, people that you work with. Well, the other four that we haven't talked about are the spiritual, sensory, social, and emotional. And so the ones I would probably say that I see most often with a deficit would be emotional just because very few people have those relationships that are close. You know, a lot of the science shows that adults don't have as many adult friends as they used to. So many of us, our interactions are only with people that are needing things from us and expecting us to live up to a certain level of, of performance. So it's your boss or your clients or, you know, the people that are needing something from you. So you're always under this level of inauthenticity in that you are living up to whatever that professional appearance is of that role, whatever that leadership appearance is. But you have to have those people in your life where you can just be yourself. You can take the mask off. You don't have to be professional. You can just be comfortable being your true self. And there's a rest that comes with that. Because if all of your interactions are these interactions that are kind of masked a little bit, that are protected by your profession or protected by, always as a physician, I always say, there are times I get to hide behind my white coat. So if all of your, you know, all of your interactions are like that, then you start thinking that, Am I okay when I don't have that? It starts messing with your identity and your self-worth and your ability to believe that you are valuable just as a person, not because of all of these other things that you may do. Oh, I identify very strongly with that. That would describe me in my corporate career. I was sought after. I had the very big luxury of not having to do proposals. I was always tapped to do the next piece of work. But the thing is, it became my identity because I didn't mm -hmm. have time for all those things you mentioned there. And I think that's what also led to my burnout too, is that it was all work and no play. And obviously there's a certain persona. You become, I think, is the word I would yeah. use. Yeah. So that's really helpful. Then, Dr. Sandra, how do we know that we have a rest deficit? Because if you've got seven types, if people are already feeling a bit exhausted, how do they know and how can they identify and address that? Well, I think that's, that was the question I got asked more than anything from my own patients and clients. And that's why I decided to come up with the rest quiz. I felt like I, people had to be able to self-diagnose. They needed a way of being able to do an assessment get an answer on which of the type of rest they were most efficient in. And so at restquiz.com, that's where I offer the free rest assessment. And it gives you a score on each of the seven types of rest. That way you can see, you know, you're doing great in this one and not so great in this other area. And you can really focus your attention on getting more of the type of rest that you really are in a deficit of. Yeah, that's really a good idea because I think sometimes we're not aware of all of those aspects. And so, you know, mm -hmm. having some information or data around our 
areas are because you wouldn't want to try and fix everything. I guess you'd start right. with one that's at the b biggest deficit and then, you know, accomplish some things around there and then maybe take the quiz again and see where's the next because uh, they're probably not isolated, those seven, you know, mm -hmm. so they do flow one into the other. So if you just Absolutely. think of the mental stuff, you know, that does, does affect your physical rest too. So mm -hmm. you'd have that interplay between them. So it would be it's a great tool to know where, where you, you sort of hit it. So let's talk a little bit about your book. So Sacred Rest, Recover Your Life, Renew Your Energy, Renew Your Sanity. So why did you write it and who is it for? Well, I wrote the book really for my patients that I was seeing. I was so many people that were coming into my internal medicine practice who their number one complaint was they were tired all the time. And so they would tell me, you know, please check all the labs. You know, I'm sure my thyroid's not working. My adrenal glands not working. Something's wrong. And I would do tests and you know, we'd evaluate and everything would come back completely normal. And what I found was when I would tell people, you know, all of your labs are normal, I would have people just burst out in tears. They were so desperate for some answer that they didn't even care if I told them that they had to be on thyroid pills for the rest of their life. They just wanted an answer to why they felt so bad, why they were so tired and so drained all the time. And so when I started to kind of get to my own level of burnout, I've been practicing medicine for 20 years. So for 10 years of this, you know, I was like, I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> you know, um, medicine's telling me you just need more sleep. And people would go and they try to sleep and they come back and say, I still don't feel any better. And then when I got to my own level of burnout, that's when it really hit home for me. And I thought, you know, there's more to this. And I started, you know, working through this whole research just for my own benefit. And then as I started learning more and I started bringing it back and sharing it with my patients, I knew that I had to put it in, a, in a, some type of form where more people could get that message because I knew it wasn't just my small group of patients, you know, in my area that were dealing with this. I was sure there was physicians all over the America <laughs> and all over the world who were having the same situation. They were confronted with patients who they couldn't give an answer to why they felt tired because the, the labs didn't show a reason, but the reason was just because they weren't resting in the area that they really needed. So this book is for anybody who's tired and you're going to bed at night, you sleep for six, seven, eight hours, and you wake up still exhausted and you feel like, you know, what's wrong with me that I can't st start feeling better, that I can't feel energized. There, the, the issue probably is a rest deficit. There's likely an area that you need rest in that you may not even know exists. And until you get rest in that area, you'll continue to feel tired. Trying to sleep, and, and if you're trying to sleep, that's a physical type of rest. You can't fix emotional rest deficit with physical rest. You have to get the rest in the area that you have the deficit. That's when you start feeling energized, and that's when you start having that change that makes you get back on track to the life you really want. That's wonderful. I love hearing that. And so what sort of legacy do you want to leave with this book? Really, the, it's interesting because I dedicated the books to my two sons. I have two teen boys. And what I stated within that dedication is really the legacy that I want to leave with them. I'd never want them to get so kind of captured by the work that they forget to enjoy the work that they understand that 
the work is enjoyed by having periods of rest. That's when you get to reflect on it. That's when you get to, to experience kind of the benefit of the work that you've done, because that's where I, my life had gotten to. I was producing a lot of goodness into the world, but I wasn't stopping long enough to, to taste any of it for myself. It's almost like being a busy bee. You're producing all this delicious honey for everybody else, but you're missing all of it. And I don't want anybody's life to look like that. And you know what I find really interesting with the people that I work with is most of them have left corporate jobs to start their own businesses and they recreate the busyness. And mm -hmm. yeah, so that's really w good wisdom there to have the balance between enjoying the work and obviously because you had enough rest. That's yes. to me is, is that's a really key takeaway from today. And so what are your tips for living fabulously? My number one tip would be obviously getting the rest that you need. I think for me, that was the shift because once I was able to start getting the rest that I needed, then I had more energy to do the stuff I wanted to do. You know, I had a lot of things that I had ambitions to do, but everything felt like more work. It just felt like more pressure on my life that was already overloaded with pressure. So the, the rest gave me room to be able to do more. And I think that's what most people don't realize. They think in resting, they're actually going to be re retracting from their lives. And the resting, it's almost like a boomerang effect. You retract so that you can then rebound further. And that's what I've been seeing just in my own life. I've been able to do and accomplish so much more and still be, have a smile on my face while I'm doing it. Mm. And you meaning rest also as not just lounging around doing nothing, right? No, rest is uh, rest for most people. The type of rest that I'm talking about is talking about a restorative activity. So rest is not just the cessation of activity. That's what many people think. I'm going to rest. So I'm going to stop something. Most restorative rest is act, it's active to some degree. But the difference between the rest and the work is that something is improved, is restored in the process. So a restorative walk is different than an exercise jog. You're doing it to restore the circulations and the lymphatics, whereas an exercise walk, you're doing it to increase your heart rate. So you're, you're pulling more on your system and kind of draining your system more. Uh, the same with emotional rest. An emotional rest activity includes, you know, spending time with friends and having a great chat. Well, that's an activity, but it's an activity that's helping you to feel like you're restoring that energy that you need in your emotions. And I guess the other thing there around emotional rest is surrounding yourself with the Harvard people that actually lift you up and, and, you know, build you. Because if you are spending time with people who are a little difficult and challenging, that wouldn't be emotional rest. Right. And that's actually social. Social and emotional rest go very hand in hand. But you just perfectly described social rest. Social rest is the rest we get from life-giving people. So it's, it is important to identify those people who are negatively pulling on you, not that they're negative people, it's just the energy that they, re they require from you versus those people that positively pour back into you. And that's a great example of social rest. Mm, wonderful. We could talk for hours here, Dr. Sandra. But <laughs> you can find Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith at her website, ichoosemybestlife.com, and also on Facebook, these will all be in the show notes so you can get the right links. And I'll put the link to the rest quiz 
so that you know people can go ahead and go and take that and hopefully start resting and just wanted yeah. to say a huge big thank you dr sandra for sharing not only your own personal journey because often the experts uh, doctors that come on here do have a story but not living it so actively like you are and that's just wonderful to witness too and our, your patients must benefit immensely. So that's um, wonderful to have a doctor like yourself who doesn't dismiss the fact that, you know, the results don't say, uh, yes, you've got this problem, but actually accept that that's for real. Because I think a lot of people do feel dismissed by doctors because they can't mm -hmm. put their finger on why they are feeling so drained. A lot of the, the Western trained doctors are name it, blame it, give it a pill. So that probably give those type of women an antidepressant or something like that. And I just love hearing that you recognize for yourself something had to change, but it didn't require medication. It actually required a change in the way you are and the way that you, you know, balance your life between the different, and I don't even know if balance is the right word. I think integrate is what I would say. Yes. Integrate work and rest and the enjoyment of those things. It feels like that's like a three-legged stool of what you've shared today. A lot of us are passionate about our work because it gives mm -hmm. meaning to us. And then integrating the rest, that's something that's a lot, it does feel foreign to a lot of women. And I love how you've explained that it's not going to be sitting around doing nothing. It's actually <laughs> taking an active step to provide yourself that break from the work, I guess, but also to mm -hmm. restore yourself in a different way. And I love that that's there. So thank you for being with me on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. And I would love to know what you enjoyed most about this episode. You can connect with me on Facebook by searching for Living Fabulously with Bev or feel welcome to leave a message or comment on my website. You can get the links and any references from this episode in the show notes at my website, www.livingfabulously.com forward slash podcasts. Do you have a friend who you think deserves to live fabulously? Spread the love around by sharing the podcast with them right now. Until next time, be sure to live the fab life. The information shared here and in our programs and webinars should not be seen as medical advice and is not meant to take the place of seeing licensed health professionals.